What's up, everybody? We are back with the Hot by Happy Hour. Got the boys with me. Got Sammy. Got Kobe. What's going on, Sammy? Yeah, I'm on location today. Uh, again, not Best Cigar Pub or Best Cigar Prices. I am in Baton Rouge. Uh, a little work trip, sitting outside uh, on the little smoke patio. So if there's a little bit of background noise, I apologize. Some dudes were drag racing pre-show. We got some people sitting next to me. Uh, I don't think they're going to be too bad, but I'll apologize. So uh, smoking a, a wise man. It's a, a cigar that was recommended to me by the guys over at Best Cigar Prices. Uh, they told me, check it out. You probably like it. And I do. That's a cheaper stick, probably about $7 uh, per. So not too bad. Not going to break the bank. And if you want to go and order them online, you can always hit up our promo code, Sammy Claus, to get 10% off the entire store. So go hit those dudes. Uh, it's, it's that Christmas season. So if you got somebody that enjoys cigars, go buy them a box over at uh, bestcigarprices.com. Sammy Claus. Kobe, what's up with you? I'm um, just, just hanging out. Uh, I'm not drinking tonight, just some water. Um, drinking on a Monday night is great, like, some of the time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what about you, Quinn? Yeah, we're hanging out tonight, and, uh, you know, we'll crack it right now. I've got myself a Great Lakes Brewing Company Nosferatu Imperial Red IPA. They came out with it for Halloween. Um, I picked it up. It's I've, I've never had a red IPA before, and it really is. Like, if you look at it in a class, it is like a blood red beer, and it's fantastic. Love it. If you can find it, get it. It's Great Lakes is a bit smaller, so if you're not located closer to where they brew out of, which I'm going to double check, uh, which is Cleveland. Oh, it's Cleveland, huh? Okay. Brewed and canned by Great Lakes Brewing Company, Cleveland, Ohio. So, yeah, if, if you're in that Cleveland, Ohio area, obviously we're here in Morgantown, so about three hours away. I'd say if you're pretty much in a state surrounding Ohio, you can probably find them. Great brewing company. This is what I'm going with tonight, though. Um, yeah. Got a good hey, show. Can I, for, can, yeah. I give you, can, can I give you guys a quick story? I could use this as my number one bullshit, but I'm not going to. So usually... I stay at a, an embassy suite so I can get the free drinks, or at least I got a bar. Staying at a home two suites this time. That's because my boss, who I crashed with this weekend, since we were, I had to come back down to Louisiana anyway. We're pretty good friends. Stayed there, and he's like, hey, I'm staying at this place. Why? It's an hour away from, from the, the power plant that we have to go work at. Oh, I just wanted to stay here. So over the course of a couple of days, we discussed this, and it never makes any sense. Yesterday, when we get down here, he looks at me and says, yeah, we got full-size refrigerators. That means I can make a grocery store run and get ice cream. I eat that every night. I like to put an entire gallon in my refrigerator, but typically I just have the small ones, not a full-size refrigerator. Thank God. So this asshole made me stay at a home two suites just so he could have a refrigerator big enough for his ice cream. What the f is that? That's that one of the most ridiculous, ridiculous things I've ever heard. So I've stayed at a home two suites. I stayed in one. I took a trip up to Cleveland and I stayed at a home two suites. And it is a really nice hotel. And they do, as a matter of fact, have full size refrigerators. But you, but we're an hour away from where I need to be. That is typically, so funny. Typically, I'm like 25 minutes. So we're staying twice as far away. So this dude can get his ice cream fix every night. This <laughs> is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> how big is this guy <laughs> he's not huge 
It's, you would you would think with the amount of ice, with his obsession with ice cream, that the dude would be a monster. <laughs> Negative. He's not. It makes zero sense, but it still makes you want to punch him in the neck. All I can picture when you talk about this dude's ice cream obsession is fucking Pogo from F is for Family. Yeah, fucking massive cheese. human being. With the cream cheese. Yep, yep. <laughs> no, it's cottage cheese. It's cottage it, cheese. That is what it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it made me think of uh, uh, Ben Stiller from Dodgeball. Yep, yep. Yeah. The milkshake oh brings all the girls to the yard. Damn right. It's better than y'all's. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, sorry I did derail the pod right at the beginning, but I figured <laughs> you guys would like to hear that. Lobo Jim, we're better than you, and we know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Quinn, what do we got for a show today, buddy? <laughs> First, of course, we're going to go over week 14, talk about different things that we noticed throughout the week. Um, of course, week 14 was also the end of the fantasy regular season for the majority of people. Um, so we're going to go over each of our fantasy leagues, our fantasy regular season reasons why, or sp- maybe specific moves or a specific player that we believed in that led to us either making or missing the playoffs. Um, and then of course, game picks this week with shots fired prime beef take Sammy's number one bullshit. I'll hit y'all with a music moment and we'll get out of here. Y'all ready to go. Let's do it, buddy. Let's go. All right. Get right into it. Week 14. It felt like last week was a week that almost kind of made this playoff picture come into focus. And this week, I guess someone bumped the cameraman because it's all blurry again. What do y'all what what were y'all's takeaways this week? All right, let me just quickly rant about the first game of the week and then we'll move on with the rest of the recap. Um they suck as usual with 200 rushing yards from Dalvin Cook. I think in the first half. He didn't do much, much in the second half at all. Well, and then but here's what pissed me off the most is Devin Bush went out there today for pressers and uh, he, he, he pretty much deflected any blame on his own play because, well, none of us are playing up to our potential except for the fact that Mink is leading the league in tackles because he has to step up into the middle to cover your bitch ass for not shedding blocks and getting sucked in by tight ends. Um, and then also, you know, TJ Watt leading the league in sacks, going after the sack record. Cam Hayward leading the league in defense. Like, point is, Devin Bush pissed me off. Yeah, what you got? Real Sammy? quick on your uh, T.J. Watt thing. Uh, something that I know. Me and um, my roommate Jake were curious on like defensive player of the year stuff because we were talking about does Michael Parsons maybe deserve? I think he does deserve to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And so then it, I began to ask, you know, has a rookie ever won de- defensive player of the year? And it's happened once. It was Lawrence Taylor, um, but. When I pulled up the betting odds, it's pretty much a two-man race, according to Vegas, between T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. Which Miles Garrett's the Micah, very slight favorite, but it's really I close. Put, I would put Micah Parsons in that combo. With I think two. he should be. I, yeah. I agree with you that he should be, but he can win Defensive Rookie of the Year. The idea is give someone else that can't win that award. Maybe, maybe that's the thought. Didn't uh, you, I mean, didn't you, didn't you just have a prime beef take not too long ago where it talked about undeserving awards. If he's the best player on defense, he's the best player on defense. Don't matter how I agree with you. I agree with you. I'd probably vote for him if it weren't for Watt chasing the record for sacks. Oh, if Watt if Watt breaks the sack record, it's a done deal. He's got to get but I think even if he beats my he doesn't have to break the record if it's between him and Garrett, he just has to beat Garrett. 
I think I would have Micah Parsons above Garrett, personally. Just because he can do everything, dude. They showed a clip. Yeah, I was about to say, people keep talking about him rushing the passer. Yeah, but he can drop into coverage. He's actually barely doing that half the time. He's just got 12 sacks. He's ridiculous, man. I mean, every time he rushes. Unbelievably fast. Every time he rushes, he's back there. Well, what's crazy is, like, if you watch when he rushes off the edge, you'll see either – usually it's the right tackle shoot out to try to get to him, and he's shedding the block – because the right tackle maybe got his right hand on him, and then Parsons was already gone. Yeah. Because he runs like a fucking 4-3. He's unreal. I said it, I've said it the last couple of weeks, Micah Parsons is everything Devin Bush was supposed to be, and more. And, and that's why, like, he's the best fucking running. I think he's the best linebacker in the league right now, period. He's up there. I... I it's tough when you get into that because, like, I want to talk about, like, Devin White, some of those other guys, but they play middle linebacker. You know, it's – Yeah, we had this conversation last week, and I would say – We sure did. We did the 25 and under, but I don't – I can't think of anybody 25 and over I would rather have over those the guys we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, maybe Bobby Wagner, but um, since Kobe was talking about, like, you know, Kobe had his little uh, Homer moment, so I'm going to take mine real quick. One, things that were supposed to happen on Sunday happened for the Chargers, which always feels good. They didn't play down to the competition. They just went out and beat the Giants. But something that I thought was pretty cool that happened, uh, Kaiser White, West Virginia alum, hit 100 tackles on the season, which means that Kaiser and Derwin James both have 100 tackles. The last time two players on the Chargers had 100 tackles, it was Rodney Harrison and Junior Seau in 2000. That's a long time ago. And, and that's pr- that's a pretty good two names to get a comparison to. Derwin and Kaiser getting compared to Seau and Harrison. That is proof that you, your and I's teams were in very different stages of their lives when, you know, I'm thinking of like the early 2000s Steelers and you think of the early 2000s Chargers defenses. Mm-hmm. Well, and like – a lot of like, like the Chargers defenses that I watched as a kid were very secondary heavy and very like they weren't going to rack up tackles, but they were, you know, it was Weddle and Kaysen and Jammer, you know, like it was our corners and like our coverage stuff that was really good. It wasn't really the linebacker play. Hey, so I do want to go back a little bit, talk about just where the hell did that game from Dalvin Cook come, come from, guys? I mean, Obviously, he'd been hurt for the two weeks previous, but even before that, he had been throwing together something like this. And if you look at his stats, you know, he ran for 205 on 27 carries. His long was 30. So it's not like all of that was offset by some 65-yard run. Right. You know, he longest was 30. He was just consistent, averaged, you know, what is that, about seven yards a carry or so? Um, yeah, just a, just a, f- a fantastic game. Didn't see it coming, I'll tell you that. Here we go. Actually, I, I literally was scrolling back to find the tweet because I think this was soup because the second you mentioned it, I think it's super interesting from Adam Schefter Vikings running back Dalvin cook will play tonight versus the Steelers with a shoulder harness, just as he did versus the saints in a January 2020 wildcard game in which he had 31 touches for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Weird. I think, I think Keep he just, a shoulder harness. Yeah. I was going to say, never let him take off the shoulder harness. He, had shoulder he just wears it now forever. 
he had shoulder issues at Florida State too, and he had to he had to wear a harness. I, I mean, maybe there is something to that where there's a confidence factor in, in having that that extra protection, that extra support. Yeah, like you almost because it's like something. Um, if you you've seen like interviews with a lot of older players talking about like helmets and like concussion stuff, they're like people didn't care about getting hit in the head because we had a helmet on. You players just almost feel invincible with that padding on. Yeah. Ace, uh, so so I'm surprised you didn't mention your boy, Kobe. Najee had a nice game, 20 for 94, one touch, and then one receiving touchdown as well. Dude, I uh, I went to bed Thursday night. I, I, I turned it off in the middle of the second quarter. Yeah, I don't know if I can blame you for that. Like, I think it was right about the time that I texted in our group chat, Kobe can't say the Steelers' offensive line has gotten better tonight. I was I was tucked into bed, dude. I was yeah. under blankets. <laughs> yeah, so some other things that I took away from this week. What's going on in Cleveland with the running backs? Nick Chubb, 17 carries for 59 yards. You could expand that. Even and then Kareem Hunt's hurt again. Yeah, but but yeah, uh, Nick Chubb is considered a week to week and he'll miss next week. So so but the thing is that stat line looks exactly the same as the stat line from the previous three weeks. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, there's no production anymore coming from that backfield and Baker Mayfield's not doing anything either. It's a, Cleveland is such a weird team to me, man. I know I've said it before, so I don't want to keep saying the same shit, regurgitating it, but it's, I, I just can't understand what's going on in Cleveland with their offense. And then what's even crazier is they're right in the mix of the playoff picture right now. Yeah, I think aren't they in or they're they're the first one I out? Think you know, they're close. They're really close right now. Um, 14, I think they're still out. Because yeah, you go to the AFC and for the wild cards in the AFC, you got the Chargers in at seven at eight and five. And the Colts and the Bills are both in at seven and six. Then you have the Browns, the Bengals, and the Broncos on the outside looking in, all at seven and six. And then the Steelers at six, six, and one. And then it drops to the Raiders and the Dolphins at six and seven, which I think that's more or less eliminated at this point. It's not mathematically, but you need a lot of help. Yeah. And I say that even with them only being a game back, but there's so many seven and six teams. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a crapshoot. Yeah, it's – and then, like, we're looking at a world where you have the Chargers who play the Chiefs this week. And if the Chargers beat the Chiefs, I don't know how the tiebreakers work, but there is a chance the Chargers could jump all the way up to the one seed in the AFC off one game from a wild card spot. It's and it's not and it's not like a wild card spot where it's like, oh, you have this 12-win team that's in the same division as this 11-win team and, you know – that's how it would flip. No, it's it's all that close. The team that is the one seed is only two games ahead of the team that is the 10 seed right now in the AFC. That's insane. Yeah, that kind of talks about what you were what you said in your your lead in your intro here. You know, it's just kind of all fuzzy right now. We don't know what the hell's going on, especially with the AFC. Yeah, and then the NFC, I think you're gonna see a lot of battling for this six and seven seed. I feel like your, your top five, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, they're in. 
there, I, I don't think anyone really wants to dispute that. Are you saying Washington's not winning that division now? <laughs> not after losing that game. I think that pretty much buried them. But that was that was their chance that to was do it. They, yeah, I mean, <laughs> two weeks. What do you get? Two weeks out of it, Kobe? Yeah, two whole weeks. <laughs> that, that whole thing relied on them sweeping the Cowboys. Yeah, it was it was a it was a hot take, and it would have been really fucking cool if it was right. No, yeah. we're just we're we're just we're just we're just picking at you, brother. But um, but then you Basis. got that six and seven seed. The Niners are seven and six. Washington's still in right now at six and seven. But then you also have the Vikings, the Eagles, the Falcons, and the and Saints the all also six and seven. I think the Niners are in, actually. Well, the uh, only only a game up from four other teams. I feel com- I feel confident saying I think the Niners are in. Okay. So three NFC West teams. Well, yeah. Wait. So if you go tra- back, hang on. If you go back to our podcast where we made our playoff predictions earlier, I said, or no, I think it was where we were talking about like the one team that no one's talking about that we think is going to get in. I said, the Niners, I said, I think you see three NFC West teams in the postseason. We're going to have, we're going to fact check this Kobe. Yeah. The Niners were that team that I brought up. Cause I think Sammy, you said the Eagles who they did say the Eagles, they're there and they're yep. coming up on playing Washington twice so they could get in. Kobe, do you remember what team you said? Well, to sneak in for the seventh seed? To We were talking about like that team that we think could be a playoff team. Oh, that no uh, one's oh I was wrong. About. I think I said Panthers. Mm. I mean, said, so I thought somebody said the Seahawks. Maybe that's what you said, Kobe, was the that's Seahawks. That's what Quinn said was the Seahawks. I think so. I, think I talked back. about Sam Fran. You talked about the Seahawks because it was Russell Wilson coming back. It was right at that time. Maybe that was – I'm trying to – because I know I put the 49ers in the playoffs somewhere. That's kind of what I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if it was in that or just in our playoff prediction thing. I don't like remember. earlier. I, I, whatever. But, yeah. Hey, so I do want to talk about one other player from this week. What the F is going on with Dak Prescott? He About 50% completion percentage, a little bit above that. 200 yards, one touch, two picks. What the hell is going on there, too? Okay. I have a theory. Now let's hear it. I want to hear it. Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott are connected. They're the yin and the yang. When Dak plays really good, Mahomes doesn't. When Mahomes plays really good, Dak doesn't. Got a balance in the world. Mm-hmm. Perfectly like balanced, that. like all things should be. I think it's completely legit and not farcical at all. Nope. It, there, there's, this is both correlation and causation. But no, in all seriousness, though, I, I've, I've never thought Dak was that great. I thought he was decent. And if a quarterback that, like, kind of like, like Baker Mayfield, he's not great, he's decent. You know, if Baker starts out the season on fire, there's going to come a point where he falls back to the mean. But the thing is, if you start on fire, to fall back to the mean means a big drop-off. Yep. And that's what we're seeing with Dak Prescott right now. So, man, I don't know. You So, you go back a year. So, I was, I was not high on Dak coming into the season. I, I will 100% fall on my sword and admit that. 
if you look at that first five, six games that he had before that injury, he looked like he was going to sustain some just absurd numbers. And I thought the injury was going to come more into play early in the season. Um, I didn't think he'd have that type of form, but you see, he's got it in him. Or here, I'll compare it. I'll compare it to another quarterback that did the same thing. Derek Carr. Not a great quarterback, but not a bad quarterback. Started the season on fire and has regressed back to the mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, to me, it's tough to put Derek Carr in the same breath as Dak. But I do understand your point. So big picture, mm-hmm. I, I do get your point. Hey, a couple of... Yeah, I was going to say, let me, let me be clear. I would rather have Dak Prescott than Derek Carr. But the example fits. So I got two more, two more things I want to talk about. These aren't players necessarily, but just kind of stats to, to think about from a team perspective. Kansas City, 30 rushes for 132 yards and only 24 passes. Now, granted, I understand they were up pretty big, so they're going to run the ball. But the Kansas City we've seen in the past would just continue to throw the ball and throw the ball and play that, that fun and gun offense. And, you know, a little bit more ball control than, than we're used to seeing from them. I don't know if that means anything. Keep an eye on that. You know, it's getting colder weather, playoff football, blah, 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 all the cliches. Uh, might be something something keeping an eye on. And then the other one is, is just that backfield. Denver, man, about 40 carries, 39 to be exact. 111 yards for, for uh, my, my cousin, Melvin Gordon III, and 73 for, for Javante Williams. Both with two Dude. touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that is a nice two-headed monster right now. Yeah, and I mean, some of that, the, those stats kind of maybe buffed a little bit. They were playing Detroit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we were talking about all the carries for the for the Chiefs, and, I, and they did. They played the Raiders. And I don't know where the Raiders rank in run D, but I don't, I don't feel like it's that good. Just off of having watched a little bit of Raiders football being that they're in division, I don't feel like their run D is that great and maybe that's something the Chiefs were trying to exploit I don't know trying to look it up as we speak this is good potting right here fellas yeah can we nah they're they're towards the bottom third do yards per carry. Don't they're do. About 20, uh, they're about they're about twenty fifth in total. Four point three yards. So yards per carry. Over. They're right there with. The, they're averaging. Oh uh, wait, that's the Chiefs. Where's the Raiders? Raiders uh, right above the Lions. Four point three. So yeah, so the Raiders average giving up four point three yards per carry. Yeah, above the league average. So yeah, it's not a it's not a, a horrible. Like bottom of the barrel, bottom three. It's bottom third though so yeah there might be to that all right quinn that's all i had anybody else got anything for for yesterday's games um so something that's interesting to me neither one panned out but oh here you go hang on i kept doing more research look where the raiders rank in yards per attempt against the pass one of the better passing defenses in the league at averaging at average giving up 6.8 yards per attempt. So maybe that's why the Chiefs went with more of a run heavy setup was 
the Raiders are significantly better against the pass than they are the run. Could be. And now it makes me question, will we see the same thing again on Thursday because the Chargers are right there with the Raiders with only .1 separating them, and the Chargers are worse against the run than the Raiders. Maybe we see it again. Yeah, so with that, let's look into our, our fantasy teams and talk about, you know, playoffs are here. I know I personally, I'm in four leagues. I made it into, made it to the playoffs in two, missed it in two. Um, then for the other two of y'all, go through how many leagues you're in, how many did you make it, how many did you miss it, Sammy? Five leagues, three playoffs. Kobe? Two leagues, one playoff. All right. So now for each of these leagues, and some of them might be the same guy or the same kind of plan. Uh, Sammy, we'll start with you here. For the three leagues that you made the playoffs, what do you attribute to being the main reason you made the playoffs in those three leagues and the two you missed it? Why do you think you missed? Uh, So I will say two of those three leagues, it's because I had Cooper Cup and just rode the hell out of Cooper. Uh, Obviously, I had some other good pieces around him in those leagues. Uh, I had actually a really badass wide receiving core in one of them. But Cooper got me into the playoffs in two of those three. The other one is actually the the league that I'm in with you fellas. And I would say it's Damian Harris. Um, you know, he absolutely came out of nowhere and uh, and got me some, some good production in a running back room that I really needed some help. Uh, J.K. Dobbins gets hurt. Antonio Gibson wasn't putting up the numbers that I needed. And, and he stepped in and absolutely carried me and, and got me in the playoffs, probably uh, potentially in a, in a three seed. So not too bad. What killed me? Uh, it's just injuries. I mean, one of them, I had a, a puncher's chance. It's a rebuild, uh, but I had a puncher's chance with, with Derrick Henry and then he gets, gets hurt. And in the other one where I, again, I also had a, this one, I had a much better chance to make the playoffs. It's a redraft. I had Dalvin and him being out hurt uh, for extended period of times and, you know, getting hurt in game that kills you. So Dalvin cook and Derrick Henry entries kind of, kind of screwed any chance I had with those other two. It's also uh, this, this calls back to my preach. Any league in which you own Dalvin cook also own Madison. Yeah, I would have, if it was a, uh, it was an auction draft, but he got sniped before I could get him. Yeah. So Kobe, your two leagues, you made the playoffs in one, you missed him one. Why'd you make it? Why'd you miss it? Oh, um, I got Devontae Adams and Austin Eckler in both leagues. Those were my first two picks both times. And, and it worked out in the one. And, and uh, the other one, I, they out, they scored really well every week. It's just uh, the one I missed. I just didn't make I just didn't make the right moves. I, I, I don't even really – um, Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback was hit and miss all season. Usually he's a good fantasy choice, like, you know, for the lower, like not one of the top five, but if you kind of fade. He was your super flex quarterback in that league. Yeah. And there was also Joe Burrow um, who did really well. I had that, the Jamar Chase stack. To be honest, I thought I was unstoppable, but. um, For about six weeks. For about six weeks, I was, I, I, I lost every single game. Went on a five game losing streak. Fuck my whole season. Yep. But in the one that I made the playoffs, I uh, 
made a trade early, got Pat Fryermuth, which uh, set me up at tight end. Um, but I was really impressed with Hunter Renfro. And he capped it off this week with a 27.7 point uh, uh, return um, or performance this week. And uh, I needed this win to get into the playoffs. And I was playing against, uh, was it Josh? Right? Yeah, it was Josh. So shout out to you, Josh, because I'm going to outscore you by 100 points. So suck it. Yeah, suck it, Josh. Suck it, Josh. Although Cooper Cup already has 20. But. <clears throat> Wait, how, how about you, buddy? Yeah. Um, in, in the league that me and Kobe share, that isn't what the three of us are, work league. Um, some of it was realizing what I had in places I didn't realize I had it. Because um, so in that league, I wound up, having a running back room that didn't involve my first round pick. I had Saquon Barkley in the first round. And then I grabbed DeAndre Swift insanely late in that draft. And I also had Jonathan Taylor and Daryl Henderson. Also in that league, I have Debo Samuel, a um, couple other pieces, but I Julio. had, I don't have Julio in that. League. Oh, I'm shocked. I know that's your boy or was. Yeah. That was my miss of the year. Um, but that that league, and I started out so cold. Um, through week seven, I already had – I was three and four through week seven. Week eight through the end of the year, I lost once. And so it was just finally getting that roster right, getting the right guys actually playing every week. And made a Washington football team run at the end, like they did last yeah. year. And then like Odell Beckham actually starting to put up numbers. I also had George Kittle. So Kittle getting healthy and starting Going to put up numbers off. again, really helped. I, you know what? I, I would say that this is probably the year of the injuries have influenced this fantasy football season yes. more than any I, I have ever seen. And I started playing fantasy football in 1993 with my father. So I've been playing it for, for a minute here, and I can't ever remember a season that's been worse than this when it comes to injuries. And then my, my other league the, that I made it in, the, my big, the, the big reason to me why I made it was being willing to make moves because I realized I had a contender of a team in Dynasty. So I had J.K. Dobbins. And I was able to ship out Dobbins in a second and get Austin Eckler. I to to a guy that was in full rebuild. I I shipped out two more seconds, brought in Cordero Patterson. And you know, just making little moves like that to really help me out. Cause like I had Derrick Henry, he got hurt. I had Michael Thomas, thought he was actually gonna play at some point this year. You know, so being able to kind of counteract those injuries that Sammy talked about and keeping that team a contender. And then the, the leagues that I missed in one is our league. And I never really, one was trading for Galladay and thinking that he was going to be more than he was in hindsight, probably worth about as much as the Nelson Aguilar I traded away. Um, but the, the big 
the big thing for me in that league was that team wasn't built to win this year. It was built to win later. I did not think that team was a playoff team this year. I'm thinking it will be next season because I picked up guys like Javante who I knew weren't going to be great for me this year, but I knew it would be great for me in the future. Yeah. And then the other league was honestly um, uh, Antonio Gibson. I picked him up because remember I showed you that draft and you were like, oh, I love that you have Eckler and Gibson. And Gibson sucked for me. And he really killed my running back room because it's a 12-man league and I was really gambling on those two being my guys. And then, you know, running a three-wide receiver group with a wide receiver in my flex. And I'm not going to grab anybody off waivers. Once I missed Cordero Patterson, that was pretty much it. Yeah. And so Gibson just absolutely not producing killed me. And I only missed that. What's crazy is I only missed that playoff by one game. This week right here, I was playing another guy. Me and him were both seven and six. And this game was to decide who was going to the playoffs. And lo and behold, Gibson puts up a fucking dud. And I mean, it, it really didn't matter. I got my shit ran that week. He dropped like a 180 in a 12-man PPR league. So, yeah, his, his team went off and mine did not. Yeah, so... With that, there is our uh, fantasy recap on the year. For any of you who want to talk about, you know, why you, why, what moves did you make that put you in the playoffs? Whether it be a guy that you drafted that you believed in and you grabbed him late and he wound up being the guy, like for Kobe, that was Hunter Renfro, you know, grabbed him really late in the draft and absolutely blossomed into a solid wide receiver too when he was drafted in the position that would have been like a bench wide receiver. Um, or maybe it was a trade that you made, like me bringing in Austin Eckler. You talk, you know, come hit us up on Twitter and let let us know, you know, what what move did you make that put you in the playoffs or what was the reason you didn't make the playoffs this year? But so with that, we'll get into this week's Shots Fired. As always with shots fired, the boys will have 30 seconds to make their picks. And if they run out of time, you'll hear this sound. And of course, I will throw in my pick immediately afterwards. And before we jump in, We'll go over our records from both last week and overall. Last week, Sammy killed the game. Sammy, 10-3 and three last week, Monday Night Football pending. Um, Sammy, I believe you had the Rams and me and – or you and Kobe both have the Rams and I have the Cardinals. That's right. That sounds right. Yeah. And right now it's looking good for the two of y'all. On the week, I went 8-5, and five, putting me at – 126 and 81 overall. Kobe also at eight and five and at 113 and 94 overall. I don't want to hear a 120 joke. <laughs> hey, yeah, speaking of speaking of 120, Quinn, what did I send you this week? Yeah, so Sammy sent me a really interesting picture. This was based off our records from last week, but the picture he sent me was the NFL Sunday game day morning picks in which Steve Mariucci and Kurt Warner both have correctly picked 120 games. 
And then Michael Irvin and whoever else is on there, the picture uh, it blocked off the other name, but they were both at 114, which puts me only two games behind both Kurt Warner and Steve Mariucci and four games ahead of Irvin and the other guy and Sammy significantly ahead of everybody. I like it. So I'm not saying I'm not saying we're smarter than NFL legends, but I am saying the numbers might speak for themselves. I'm just saying maybe maybe Mike Irvin would pick the games better if he was, you know, doing a little bit of blow before his game picks. Oh, I'm sure he Put the cocaine cowboy back to work. Oh, wow. And there goes any chance of Michael Irvin ever coming on this podcast. Because, <laughs> you know, we're, we're that big. You know, that could happen. <laughs> so with that, Let's get into this week's picks. First up, the LA Chargers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Sammy, let's start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, They're hot right now. They're looking good. That defense is playing really well. Uh, So I think they're going to win. And uh, like I always say, the game is in LA, so it's a home game for Kansas City. Uh, My X factor, uh, let's go with Pat Mahomes. Uh, I know it's an easy one, uh, but, but I think if he takes care of the ball, doesn't turn it over, doesn't try to do too much, that they can win this game. Uh, I think it'll be a good one, though. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, uh, and, and I'm really excited about a Thursday night game for the first time in a while. Kobe. Give me the Chargers. I think Herbert absolutely outplays Mahomes. I think Mahomes throws as many interceptions as Herbert throws touchdowns, and I think it'll be a lot. So give me um, the Chargers, and I think it's going to be Herbert slinging it all over that, that poorest defense in Kansas City. That defense has played well lately. I Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. All right. The way I look at it is I've only picked against the Chargers twice all year, and both of those games the Chargers won. So with that, I'm going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs because – Once again, I care totally more, not at all. I care uh, more else. about my Chargers more than I care about my game picks. So give me the Chiefs. Next up here, a game that really could mean a whole lot with playoff seeding because I think if either – whichever team wins this game, the other team might as well be out of the playoffs. Browns hosting the Raiders. Kobe. Um, I'm going to say what the Browns, um, and I think it's going to be the rushing attack. Even when it's backups, there's – what was it? Ernest Johnson got in. um, Yep. And absolutely balled out. And, and ultimately, I think it's, you could put just about any running back behind that offensive line and get five yards to carry. So, uh, give me the the Browns and whoever they put at running back this week, whoever's healthy. Sammy? Yeah, give me the Browns and it's the Browns defense. Uh, I think they, they really shut down what the, the Raiders are going to do. They're a dumpster fire right now, man. Um, and what was it, 48 to 9 or, or whatever yep. against Kansas City. So, I don't think it's going to be that type of score, but I think Cleveland wins this one, and I think it ends up being a two-score game. Yeah, um, I got the Browns here as well. I thought I'd throw an interesting stat out you. This is the Raiders' defense since week 10. 35.3 points per game allowed. 308 passing yards per game allowed. Eight touchdowns, no interceptions. Passer rating for opponents of 111.8. All four of those stats, worst in the entire league. That's why I'm taking the Browns. Next up here, another 
very interesting game involving the playoff picture. Colts hosting the Patriots. Sammy, me and you have been Colts boys all year. You sticking with them here? I am. It's a primetime game on, on Saturday. So uh, I think the nation will be tuning in. I think you'll see a very, very good Colts team show something. Uh, they were on the on a bye last week. So, you know, they get extra week to prepare. Uh, my X factor is going to be Carson Wentz. I think as Carson Wentz goes, when it comes to protecting the football, uh, not necessarily putting up the stats, I think the, the Colts go. So can, can Indy protect the ball? Can Carson protect it and get the W? I think they do. Kobe. Give me the Patriots. Um, yeah, Matt, Mac Jones, other than the, the last game, you know, where he threw three passes, he's been playing really well. That uh, Patriots defense is absurd, as always, turnover machine. Um, so give me that uh, – give me the Patriots. I'll say it's the defense uh, forcing three wins turnovers. I got the Colts here. And my thought process is, like Sammy said, coming off a of bye week, Jonathan Taylor's rested. Give me Jonathan Taylor, 175 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and another passing touchdown, or another receiving touchdown. And they still lose. Nope. Four touchdowns be, for JT, three on the ground, they win. It'd be more impressive if he did have that passing touchdown, like you said. That would be a hell of a call. Philly special, he's going to throw a passing touchdown to Carson Wentz. Philly special is a wide receiver. They're going to line him up in the slot. Oh, mm -hmm. but everyone's going to know like, Oh, they're doing something shitty with JT. <laughs> it's going to be out of a five wide set. Uh, no, but yeah, three rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, 175 on the ground. Colts win. Those were the two Saturday games on to Sunday. First game we got here on the slate on Sunday, a quick $11 ticket as the bills host the Panthers. Kobe. I'm going to say the Bills, and I feel bad for the Panthers. I think this is absolutely going to be like the older brother beating the shit out of the little brother after getting beat up at football practice all day and taking out his. I, I just, I think they're going to be coming pissed off. That's the X factor. They're going to be pissed off and want to kill somebody, and 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 Cam Newton might die in this game, Sammy. Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo, and my X factor is just going to be the overall dysfunction, specifically offensively with Carolina. You know, what the hell's going on? Cam Newton's yelling at people on the sideline. He's getting benched again. Uh, you know, some random dude with some initials as his first name. is XFL star P.J. Walker. Yeah, I mean, come on. What, what the hell's going on here? XFL uh, superstar. Thank you. They, they're just so dysfunctional. So, Buffalo, they get back where they need to be in the, in the win column. Yeah, I think the Bills are going to jump through the Panthers like a plastic table. Yeah. Give me Buffalo. That was the perfect analogy. You're welcome. Oh, God, I'm so sorry, Lions fans. Uh, Lions host the Cardinals. Um, what's your pick and why is it the Cardinals? Kobe. Uh, Cardinals, for the same reason to say the Bills, because I think they're going to finish up losing tonight and come out and beat the shit out of them. Kyler Murray, five touchdowns. Sammy. Uh, I I don't feel bad for the, the Lions fans because at least they can see a decent team. I thought you were going to pick the Lions. Holy shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's obviously the Cardinals. 
my God. He went, he went, I don't feel bad for Lions fans because I'm taking it like I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so Quinn, Lions? Uh no. Uh Arizona. <laughs> oh, good. Your weekly toilet bowl has arrived. Uh Dolphins hosting the Jets. Kobe. Uh, you, you need to look a little farther down for the toilet bowl. Um, uh, give me the Jets. I, oh, you're I, right. I think that I think the Dolphins are vulnerable. Um, give me the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson, I think, will come together against this defense this week. Sammy. Yeah, this is actually a tough game. Uh, I've been I've been talking about that offense for Miami for for so long. I think I got to stick with it. Uh, let's see what they can continue to develop into. Uh, to a push the ball downfield. X Factor is going to be Jalen Waddle. Uh, make some plays. So Miami, X-Factor Waddle. Yeah, I'm going to take Miami here as well. Um, they've looked decent, and decent's better than the Jets. So that's enough for me. But yeah, Kobe, by the way, you were right. That is not the toilet bowl, but they're definitely the upper decker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, next matchup here, Giants hosting the Cowboys. Uh, Sammy, who you got here? Dallas, it's going to be the run game for Dallas. Uh, anything on Tony Pollard? Have you guys heard if he's coming back? I haven't heard any news on uh, Dallas and their injury situation right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, either way, I'm going to go with them. I'm just curious. Uh, I think it's it's a much easier game for them if you got Tony Pollard, that, that two-headed monster that they're they're running out there. Uh, running game's the, the X factor, though. Cowboys. Kobe. Uh, I'm going to say Cowboys, uh, my X factor. Uh, I'm going to go a little different direction than Sammy. I'm going to say it's uh, Micah Parsons. Um, give me the play. Uh, he's going to he's going to make plays, and I think he's going to disrupt any run game that they can develop, and he'll be all over Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought about taking the Giants here because it would just be the most NFC East thing for the Giants to win this game and crack that division wide the fuck open all over again. But nah, still give me Dallas. Speaking of the NFC East, we got more divisional football from that division. Eagles hosting Washington. Kobe. Give me the Eagles. Um, is Hurt, Hurts is back, right? Yeah, Hurts is playing and Heineke might not be. Yeah. Well, there's the X factor right there. No Heineke. I mean, it's that all. It's Modelo time in Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go the same. I'm sorry, uh, that I was mean, terrible. I'll, I'll go with the same pick and the, the same X factor. Mine was going to be Tyler Heineke. Taylor Heineke, not Tyler. Taylor. Sorry about that, buddy. Um, Taylor game. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's the X factor. Uh, if he doesn't play, I think it's going to be a pretty easy one for Philly. I still think they win if he does, but uh, I'll take the Eagles at home in the in the in the link. Should be the vet. Yeah, I think what's going to kill Washington here is injuries. Uh, no Montez Sweat, no Chase Young. Uh, uh, oh shit! What is his name? Deron Payne, their D tackle. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's got COVID. So you're missing your three best defensive linemen. You're missing your quarterback. Give me Philly. Next up here, uh, the Steelers in Tennessee with their playoff hopes on the line. 
or sorry, the Steelers in Pittsburgh with their playoff hopes on the line, taking on the Tennessee Titans. Kobe, it's your team. Take it. Both of these teams are bad right now. Both are banged up. To, well, the Titans are banged up. The Steelers are trying to take advantage. Both of these teams are bad. I, I say it's the Steelers at home. Um, just because I, I, I want to see Ben win one more home game. And I don't think he will other than this one. So uh, I say Ben is our X factor here. And he's going to throw it all over the place. Sammy? Come on, buddy. You got to uh, make your picks with your head, not your heart. So with that said, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh as well. And I'm going to say that the X factor is that Pittsburgh defense. The offense for Tennessee, and this is going to sound stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway, has not been the same since Derrick Henry's been gone. No offense would be. And then when you add in the injuries that they've had at wide receiver, Julio's back, who cares? I think the, the Steelers defense is too much. Yep. I, uh, I just checked in on A.J. Brown's injury status. Uh, he will not be back for this game. So with that, I'm still going to go ahead and take Tennessee here. Um, Donta Foreman still looks pretty good, and that Tennessee defense isn't bad. So I'm going to take the Titans here because I think they're starting to feel some pressure, and they're going to be pushing a little bit harder even with those backups to try to keep hold in that AFC that we talked about being so tight. Now, who would you, you, you say for? You would you say Foreman? Donta Foreman, yeah. Okay. Um, next game here. This is the toilet bowl that Kobe was referencing earlier. Uh, two teams that are mathematically eliminated already: the Jags hosting the Texans. Fun fact: not the cheapest game this week. It is twelve dollars, while Bills Panthers is eleven. Um, but so with that, Jags Texans. Who cares? But we still got to pick it. Sammy. Oh, man. Oh, what a shit game. Oh. Can I just sit here for 30 seconds? I can just <laughs> throw a name out there right at the yeah. left. Do you want to call get, Ty again for five um, points? I did do that with this game last time. I'm going to go with uh, – <laughs> I'm going to go with, with uh, the Jags, and I'll say Trevor Lawrence is going to be my X factor. He threw four picks last week. I think he'll – be a little bit better this week i forgot that this was the matchup you called tie on last time that makes it even better kobe texans and give me the best rookie quarterback of 2021 david yeah. fucking mills <laughs> that's it that, that that's the take yeah no I got, I got the texans here as well i like davis mills i think davis mills is better than trevor lawrence i'm not kidding um like kobe said his thing as a joke but I'm I'm not kidding. I think Davis Mills might. I think he's t he's top three. Yeah, no, I'm right with you on that. Obviously, he's not the best because Mac Jones exists. Mac Jones exists. Um, Justin Fields, I'd put him. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of those or two and three. Um, but no, I legitimately think Davis Mills goes out right here and outduels Trevor Lawrence and really makes all of Jaguars fans consider their life choices. Um, next game here. I think it is another game where we could potentially see a world in which it decides some playoff seeding, maybe even decides if a team's going to get knocked out of the playoffs or not. Broncos hosting the Bengals. In the last couple of weeks, it kind of looked like the Bungles again. Uh, Sammy, we'll start with you. 
I'm going to go Denver. Uh, my X factor is the inconsistency that you see from that Cincinnati team. Uh, and it's not just game to game. It's like half to half, like they showed against the, the Niners this week. Um, if they can get some consistency, I'd love to get on their bandwagon. I, I like their pieces offensively. Uh, but I know what Denver is. Denver is a, a solid, not good, not great. They're a solid football team. But the Bengals can be anywhere from crap to outstanding. And you don't know what you're going to get. Kobe. Give me Denver. Give me that rushing attack again. Uh, combining for four rushing touchdowns um, with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Um, you know, Gordon coming back in with injury and proceeding to put up 124 yards. Yeah, give me those two again. Uh, yeah, I know it was against the Lions, but the Bengals' run defense wasn't great either. The Steelers just didn't capitalize off of it because uh, their line sucks, but every other team has. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals here. Um, I still don't think Denver's good. I mean, who have they actually beaten? What, they beat the Cowboys. Outside of that, outside of the Cowboys, who's Denver actually beat? Like a good team. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're, they're, they're solidly mediocre. Yeah, and I think the Bengals – will very heavily assert themselves into the playoff picture with a win here in Denver. I could definitely see it. Yeah, but but going into this game, by the way, both teams currently sitting outside of the playoff picture at both at seven and six. Um, next matchup here, 49ers, Falcons in San Fran. Kobe, what you got? Fuck, I'm going to do it. Give me the Falcons. Yikes. All right. Kyle Why? Pitts. Kyle Pitts, I think, is going to go off this game and carry the Falcons to victory. All Sammy? Right. We have tried to wish the Kyle Pitts thing into existence for a couple of weeks now, and it hasn't played out. So He clearly doesn't listen to us. No. I'm going to go with San Fran, and I'll go with the other tight end, Kittle. Kittle is my X factor over there. I mean, the dude is putting up absurd numbers, getting t- getting receptions, getting targets. I mean, it, and the guy's ridiculous. So, give me first ever back to back 150 yard uh, performances. Yeah, so, yeah, wait, what was that stat again, Kobe? First tight end ever to have back to back 150 yard rece- receiving yard uh, wow. games in the same season. So, I think someone did it in week 17 and week one, like a long time ago. Sure. Cause like you would think like, cause like we've seen great tight ends in our lifetime, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Rob Gronkowski. Like you would think one of those three would have done it, but. There was a, there was a stat they threw up on sports center last night that he is one of, uh, or he is, he has the second most 150 yard one touchdown games of any tight end. So it's Shannon Sharp, Hall of Famer, Kittle, and then, um, Kellen Winslow, so two Hall of Famers mm. and Kittle, yep. and he's played for four or five years and been hurt for portions of the last two. Yeah, wow. And yeah, I mean, and Kittle is a monster. And this—it's funny that you said it, Sammy, because I was gearing up into mine where I was like, "Yeah, Kobe, you said your X factor was Pitts, but there's a better tight end on the other side. Give me Sam Fran." That—that that was yeah. what I was going to say. And then you already brought up Kittle. Kind of took my thunder without knowing it. Sorry, bro. Hey, that great minds think alike. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I can go back up the 
records. I mean, uh, let's say we're doing all right. Um, next game here, Rams hosting the Seahawks. Uh, Sammy, let's start with you. Yeah, the Rams lost to the Seahawks earlier this year. I don't think they're going to let that happen again. I'll go with another defense, that Rams defense, which I love, uh, with my boy Jalen out there. Hey, not to mention some guy named Aaron Donald in the middle. I think they uh, maybe Jalen. They shut they shut down a uh, a very very suspect offense right now. Russell hasn't been the same since he came back from injury. Yep, Kobe, what you got? Give me the Rams, um, and I, same thing as Sammy. It's the defense um, on both sides of the ball. The the I saw someone call it the Legion of Gloom today. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. That's great. That's yeah, fantastic. So yeah. uh, I'm going to say Rams defense stops everything and Seahawks defense stops nothing. Easy. Hey, I got, I got some inside information about the Rams before we go on. Okay. So I was in Jackson, Mississippi last week. And uh, over the weekend, I was still there. Went to a cigar bar about a mile from my boss's house. And I'm sitting there and some guys are talking football. Cam Akers is from Jackson, Mississippi area. And I heard him talking about Cam Akers. And of course, I'm wearing a Florida State hat. So I start talking to these dudes. It's his godfather, the guy who went on Holy every recruiting, recruiting visit with him, um, still texts with him pretty much daily. I asked him how Cam's doing. And he said, honestly, if the Rams needed him to come back this year, he could. They're not going to bring him back this year. Uh, but, you know, his... His mobility, his ability to, to get out there and run drills is where it was before injury. So those of you that are suspect about that, that Achilles injury, don't be. It sounds like, uh, like, like Cam is back to the Cam that we expected in his rookie season and going into this year. Well, there you go. Inside information you couldn't get anywhere but hot by happy hour. Uh, by the way, an update on uh, what's going on right now in the Rams game, at least for, between the Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham fantasy standpoint. Cup's at 11 receptions for 104 and a score. Odell has five for 81 and a score. That's wow. looking like a scary pair. Mm -hmm. And because of that scary pair, give me the Rams. I already I, had you in there. Yeah, that's, that's pretty safe. Um, this might be crazy to say. I think I would rather have Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham than Lockett and DK Metcalf. No, that's not crazy to say. I mean, right? So, so it's not crazy to say because Cooper Cup's been the best receiver in the game so this year. So. Yeah, at least from a fantasy standpoint. I'm, but yeah, I guess in numbers wise, he has been as well. And then I guess the question comes in is, are the numbers down for Metcalf and Lockett because of quarterback stuff? But, yeah, no, I, th I think the two of them are just a better duo. Yeah. Um, and then this should be interesting. The Ravens hosting the Packers. This will be America's game of the week, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's going to be. Um so yeah, America's game of the week, Ravens hosting the Packers 425 on Sunday. Kobe. Packers. Um, for one thing, Lamar has that ankle injury, so I don't know what the, what his status is. Uh, he's day-to-day. -day. 
He's day to day. Okay, well, even then, he's not going to be one hundred percent if it's if it's an ankle injury. You know, it usually takes more than a week. Yep. Um, um, real quick, uh, we're, we're we're not going to count it on your time here, but I do want to give you the updates from what I read today. It's an ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. They think he's going to play, but they don't know like for certain. But it, the expectation is Lamar Jackson will be playing on Sunday. But but ultimately, even with Lamar Jackson in, they they've turned over the ball a ton on offense. They're not really generating using the run they that they're usually able to the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and that combination leads to disasters. So give me the Packers, Sammy. Yeah, same thing. I'm going to take the Packers, and my X factor is going to be Lamar Jackson. You know, if he's limited from a mobility standpoint, that severely hampers what they can do offensively. So, uh, you know, even if he's 80%, that's that's not 100% Lamar Jackson, and the Packers are going to win the game because of it. Yeah, um, Kobe, prime beef take, said that the Ravens were an absolute joke of a playoff team, and they have done nothing but prove it since then, and they're going to continue to do that as they lose to Green Bay this week. Next game here, Tom Brady and the Bucks taking on Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints. Sammy. Give me Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, they just got too much offensively. That team, I mean, come on, a 49, 65, 72-year-old Tom Brady is still leading the league as the uh, QB1 in fantasy. It's ridiculous what they do offensively. So, sure, make it my X factor, and I think they, they crush New Orleans. Kobe. Ditto. It's the exact same thing. Every bit of it. it it's funny. Um, I don't know if any of y'all saw the trailer from uh, Battlefield 2042 where, like, it showed, like, there was, like, a sign and it said, like, 66-year-old NFL MVP Tom Brady. And the more and more I've watched this man play, I think I could genuinely see it happening. That Tom Brady'd still be winning MVPs. 20 years from now and he's going to dominate the saints in this game and Raymond James stadium. The cannons are going to be firing. Tom Brady's going to go off. Give me the bucks. Last game of the week here, Monday night football, which by the way, I love late season football. We get four days of football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Love it. Um, by the way, one good thing that came out of COVID was football every damn day of the week, NFL football every day of the week because games would be postponed and all this stuff. But, yeah, four days of the week we get football this upcoming week. This is the last one here, Monday, as the Vikings travel to Chicago to take on the Bears. Kobe. Uh, give me the Vikings behind shoulder brace Dalvin Cook. Um, I think – I don't think he's going to replicate what he did – against the Steelers with seven and a half yards of carry. Um, but I think he'll come out and, and perform really well, get a few more touchdowns. And you know there's no way the Bears offense is going to keep up with with that. Sammy, what do you got? Yeah, I got the same thing. And, and when you talk about the, the Bears trying to keep up, that's when you see the mistakes happen from Justin Fields. That pick six that he threw against Green Bay last night, you know, that's a perfect example of it uh, where he's trying to keep up. So – I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook as my X factor, but uh, I, I think that Justin Fields presses a little bit, and you can see him also being an X factor in, the, in a bad way. Minnesota wins. I think there's no way 
Kirk Cousins can show up in prime time on back to back weeks. Give me the Bears. That's why they Man. got Dalvin. That's why they got Dalvin. He he didn't need to show up last week. Look, here's also so it partially goes with a uh, Harry uh, this week at at the dealership was giving me a little bit of crap for dropping Carson Wentz for Justin Fields because Wentz was on by. I needed another QB for Superflex. Picked up Fields. Wound up being the best pick I could have made. But um, I'm I'm not picking back up Carson Wentz because. One, the the rest of the Colts schedule is rough, and I don't know how good Wentz is going to do, especially with the JT game. But um, more so than that, I think Justin Fields has developed a lot more since I started him and he put up negative points. So we're going to go back to trying to believe in him, and if he wins me a fantasy championship, I'll love him forever. I can see them winning that game. It's, it's not an outlandish pick. Yeah. I think I think we can all three agree. I think it'll be a close game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a good game. And, well, you know, every, you know, you know, uh, Minnesota, if they didn't allow a touchdown or if they didn't allow points in the second, uh, last two minutes of any half, they'd be 12 and out. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I saw that. I saw that. 13 and 0. 13 and 0. Yeah. That's yeah, like, crazy. It came out. What a fucking stat. This. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it was in reply to people hating on, on uh, Kirk Cousins and saying, what does Kirk Cousins have to do with give them giving up points in the last two minutes of each half? Right. I just – I think this is past his bedtime. Curfew. But so, with that, you know, sometimes right before you got to go to bed tonight at night – you want to have, you know, a nice, well-cooked dinner, sometimes a nice prime steak. And that leads us into this week's prime beef take. Thanks, Quinn. We're going to start with a little bit of trivia. Does anybody know what rookie has the most sacks in a season? And NFL history. Javon Kurz. Lawrence Taylor, when he won Defensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year in 81. He's actually so far down this list, it's not funny. How did he win that award then? I don't know. Uh, other stuff. He wasn't just. I guess. Pressure. He was a 4 3 linebacker, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh, Sammy is correct. In 1999, it was Javon Curse. How many sacks? Mm, I'm going to go with 14 and a half. Ding, ding, ding. Good oh, job, I nailed Sammy. it, huh? Whoa. Nailed it. Dead on. <laughs> I thought I was going to get you with the and a half. I thought I, I thought I had you beat. So I was gonna go fifteen, and I was like, "No, I'll hedge my bet and go and a half." So I'm, anyway, I'm, that I'm was, curious. That was... Wait, hang on, I'm, Sammy. It, it doesn't surprise me knowing Javon Curse. How did you know the sack number too? Well, I knew it had to be somewhere around there, and like I said, I was thinking 15, 14, 15, somewhere around there. So I just hedged my bet, man. All right. Anyway, that was in a sixteen-game season. Um, through 13 games, how many sacks does Michael Parsons have? 12 or 13? Well, I think it's 12. It's 12. Exactly. TJ Watt has 16 and a half sacks. He's close to the record. Um, and Miles Garrett is right on his tail. I think he's at 14 or 15. I think he had a big game this week. So what Watt needs? Six. Six more sacks in three it. games to tie it? Yep, to tie it. So he needs to average over two sacks a game to break the record. That's tough sledding. 
He doesn't have Brett Favre out there to he has lay four down. Four games. He doesn't have Brett Favre. Out no, there we to just lay had down. week 14, 15, 16, uh, Yeah, okay, so four games. So sack and a half a game, he's averaging more than that. Yeah. So, um, then there's Trayvon Diggs, another cowboy. He's at nine interceptions. He's not gonna. He's not going for the record, but double-digit interceptions is not something you see every year. Yeah. What I'm getting with that is that's a whole lot of uh, defensive players that are chasing records, you know, on, you know, in their craft. And how much of that contributes, do you think, to there being an extra game? Well, I mean, nothing yet. So Reggie White played a 13-game season, and he got 13 sacks. Micah Parsons got a has played 13 games. He got 12 sacks. All that is to say that he's right there in line. We've not had the extra game yet. Now, the extra game might be what T.J. Watt needs to pass Michael Strahan, and that extra game might be what Michael Parsons needs to pass um, – Uh, I forgot Javon Curse. Curse. <laughs> I done lost it, but the, it's not to take away from what they're doing. That shouldn't take away from what they're doing mm-hmm. either. You know, it's, now, and it's only one extra game. You know what I mean? So like, I, I do still want to throw out there how crazy the interception record is. I know we've talked about it before night train lane, 14 picks in a 12 game season in his rookie year. Ridiculous. Just it's ridiculous. absolutely insane. I, I think, I don't care if that record eventually gets it, broken. No one That's one of the craziest statistical seasons. I think any corner no, – no, no, forget it. That is the craziest statistical season we will ever see from a cornerback in our lifetime to average more than a pick a game as a rookie. You'll never see never it. occurred in our lifetime, but – Yeah, but that's. I'm not saying that occurred. I'm saying you will not see one in your lifetime that compares to that season. Okay, yeah. Um, but that leads to say that that's a lot of defensive players that are chasing records in their position group. And there's not any really, there's nobody on the offense on the offensive side of the ball. That's really doing that. And I think that's why this year defensive players should win MVP because it's the superstars seem to all be on defense. Um, I know Quinn, we talked about a little bit before you do not agree with that. I don't, um, and my thing is, uh, Tom Brady exists. Look, I and get it, man. I, and, and so what I said to you on the phone when we talked about it earlier was we are seeing a, pl- a person who is 44 years old and is still without question the best player in his position group. And you cannot look at – another contact sport i don't uh, the the i was going to say another sport and then i realized golf exists and that might that might lead to an argument but um you can't look at like football hockey baseball uh, i know baseball isn't even like a contact sport but you, you you see what i'm saying you know yeah like you can't look at any sport like that and see somebody that is 44 years old and is still the best at their position Ever before in history, the oldest person to ever win MVP in a sport is Tom Brady. And there's a very solid chance he breaks his own record this year at 44 years old. And then good luck ever seeing that get broken again. Yeah, I think that I think the closest comparison you can make is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yep. Back back in the, the late 80s 
been in the league for almost 20 years. He was about 40. And even he had shown some decline at that point. And, and at uh, the point in which he was, you know, at the end of his career, he wasn't still the best center in the entire league. Yeah, that's right. He, what, and that's like, because me and Kobe were talking about it. One of the names that we talked about was Adam Vinatieri, where, you know, he played, because we were talking about specifically, you know, being the best in your position group in the entire league. And it was like, but even at, at the end of Adam Vinatieri's career, like Justin Tucker existed at that point. There were people there that were better. Um, that's when Matt Prater was definitely better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the same thing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is he was still dominant up until his 40s, up until the very end of his career. But, you know, he wasn't the best anymore. Not only is Tom Brady still dominant at 44, he's still the best. And that's why he's my MVP. Yeah, you know, and I, I recognize that. It's just defense wins championships. And I think the better, the best players of the ball, or players of football, are on the defensive side of the ball, and that's USDA approved. Yeah, you know, I'm not not a big fan of the defensive player being an MVP. You know, I think it might be a little bit BS to think that a defensive player might beat out Tom Brady, but it's not. Sammy's number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Thanks, Quinn. I want to make this really short and sweet. Did you guys see the stupid ass Raiders before the game against Kansas city decide that they were going to pull some college esque bullshit and go have a huddle on the chiefs logo before the game, get all crunk, start jumping up and down on it, you know, trying to relive the the T.O. moments when he was playing for the, the Niners standing on the star in Dallas, you know, get the team hyped up and then turn around and first play of the game fumble the ball, get returned for a touchdown, and ultimately end up getting blown out 48 to 9. That was absolutely absurd. You know, it's, it's one of those things like careful what you wish for. What the hell? If you guys are going to come out and try to be as, as crunk as possible for this game and, and show how hype you are and, and, you know, get the rest of the team fired up and then to lay an egg like that, what the hell? hell are you guys doing that's part of the reason i think the raiders are just they're falling apart man what they're trying to do right now is just gimmicky college type bullshit and it's not going to work especially when you turn around and you lay a complete egg like that you know there's times where you see college players uh, i'll go to Jameis winston before a clemson game uh the year that the, the the seminoles won the national title he has a a speech in the locker room that's cheesy as all hell but you know what they came out and they beat them 52 to 17, number two team in the country away at Clemson. That actually motivated them. That showed the set or got the Seminoles ready to go, got them out there to play, and they they dominated. To do something like that and then get completely crushed on the field is my number one bullshit. It's just stupid. What the F are you guys doing? Yeah, and then um yeah, that was insane. Uh, Sammy, if you want to go ahead and check your phone, I sent you and Kobe a picture that uh, was posted on the Chargers subreddit. Kobe's already seen it. I saw his face when he saw it. Um, oh, that's fucking priceless. <laughs> it will be the picture that I use as the picture for my post when I post this on Twitter. So if you listen to this and you don't like find it through, you don't find us through Twitter, you just are subscribed on Spotify or Apple podcasts or anything like that, go check the fantasy affair, Twitter account. 
uh, because this picture is hilarious. Um, but yeah, something that we talked about using, we talked about doing maybe for Sammy's number one bullshit. And I think something that needs to be brought up still is how fucking atrocious FedEx field is. They had a pair of scissors. Yeah. You have a, like we, and that was our post to like hype up this, um, hype up this podcast was Taylor Heineke walking off the field and just finding a pair of scissors on the field. And then the Washington, the, the Washington football team benches on the sideline just don't work. The heated benches don't work. My God, WVU has heated benches. We're talking about a college team, and you're telling me their pro team's benches don't work? Then, in the game that I was fucking at when the Chargers played them week one, they had a sewage line burst and poop water sprayed on fans. Poop water. Hey, bro, real quick, go back to the benches. What did Jerry Jones do? Oh, yeah, Jerry Jones proceeded to fly in the Cowboys benches from Dallas to Washington so his players would have heated benches. Which is, like, that is that is legend shit right there. But yeah, Just, so what gets even more interesting though about the poop water? So, fun fact: I was at that game. Was not sitting in poop water, but I was at that game. The next week, my roommate Jake was at the game and sitting in the section. They got hit with poop water. It still smelled like poop water. Of course, it did. But just so easily summarizes FedEx Field as, you know, there's a reason that place smells like poop water because it's the biggest shithole in the NFL. And if I was doing a prime beef steak, that's USDA approved. <laughs> hey, USDA approves it. I just talked to them. They're, they're cool. <laughs> I'm just saying that'd be, you know, that, I think that's an elite line to go with, and that's USDA approved. But so with that, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Sammy, where can they find you at? Yeah, find me at, at Samuel underscore Gordon on Twitter. And let me know if you want to talk anything about my number one bullshit, cigars, beers, scotch, poop fantasy, water. poop water, fantasy football, scissors on the field. I mean, it was like a scavenger hunt out there. With uh, <laughs> just, yeah, hit me up. Hit me Did up. You find Waldo? You guys... <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> Uh, yes, at Samuel underscore Gordon. Kobe, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, on Twitter, at BeefGarvin36. Um, talking about anything, fantasy football. Talking about some hockey. I'm a Preds fan. We're um, talking about my beautiful Mastiff here, Karma, who's a good girl. What about you, Quinn? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Quinn underscore Kusky. Uh, also, follow me on Twitch, at Pens1206. Um I've been playing through the uh, Halo campaign. Did not stream that because I started playing it the day it dropped. I didn't want people to potentially have it spoiled for them. But after I finish that up, I'm going to stream through the Ethan Winter story on Resident Evil Live. So Resident Evil 7 and 8, I'm going to stream a walkthrough of both of those games. Should be fun. Watch me be an idiot as I can't figure out how to solve puddles, puzzles uh, and then scream at me in chat. Um, Shit, you can't yeah. even say it. How are you going to solve them? Yeah, ex bingo. Uh, that, by the power of alcohol, uh, I cannot say it, and I promise I won't be sober on stream. So, yeah, probably won't be able to solve them either. Um, with that, I got a music moment for y'all. Um, this band has been one of my favorite bands for years. I've seen them in concert a couple times. They're just as good in concert as they, as they sound in studio. They released a new album. 
Um, very recently, their whole album came out on the third. This song's been out for a little bit longer, but this is Volbeat Shotgun Blues right here, right now. We're out. Peace. Later, fellas. Peace.